Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 37. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. Today is Wednesday, February 26th. We are, for the second time, recording, or re-recording uh, this episode. So, we did this once before already, what was it, on Saturday night, I think? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was Saturday night. Uh, we were about... We were almost done, but the uh, that MacBook's been giving us some trouble again, so we lost half the f- ha- James's half of the uh, footage, yeah. basically. I don't want to go into it for too long because it was did some weird shit. Basically, we thought we had the problem fixed, tried to record an episode, and then like ten minutes before we finished, it's just like, nope, I'm gonna make you lose everything again. So yeah, we we had previously. So when we were recording for majority of the. Uh, remote recordings we were doing google hangouts on google chrome uh and then of course recording with our separate uh softwares i used audacity and he uses GarageBand. we then switched to discord and our recording softwares which we thought it solved the problem we had basically done a bunch of testing uh some mock interview or mock recordings to see if it would work and we thought it did but it turns out it still didn't so now we are on skype instead but also until the solution is found for the macbook we will be doing uh multiple breaks when i say break i mean just like we're basically going to stop every quarter of the way through so you know how we usually break it down between four sections kind of like what we play gaming news uh, what we watch and movie TV news. Basically, in between each one of those, we'll do kind of like a stop so we can save. That way, in case uh, this happens again, instead of losing a hundred percent of the audio, we only lose twenty five percent at the worst. Which then means we're probably just max recording like twenty five minutes again or fifteen minutes, depending on the length of the episode, really. Which isn't as bad as an entire episode. So without further ado, we're going to jump back into it. Hopefully we're not hollow when we're talking about this, just because we're basically talking about the same exact thing again. Yeah. Uh, but we'll do our best to be enthusiastic about it. Uh, so we're going to start with what we played. I just want to go real fast. I'm adding something new in. Just uh, Destiny 2 news. Uh, Trials of Osiris was actually unlocked today by the fans or the players, including myself. I donated... Uh, maybe 9,000 Fractaline. Not much compared to, like, other people. Someone donated, like, 100,000, which fucking insane PC players, man. Uh, but it unlocked Trials of Osiris for March. I think it's uh, March 15th uh, or March 12th or something like that. So, like, mid-March, we're going to get Trials. Uh, it sounds like it's the start of the season is when it happens. Uh, season of the Worthy is what it is called. So that's pretty dope. I'm... Um, before the season's over, I'm gonna I should be done uh, getting the legend in comp and uh, working with my clan on that. I'm already like mythic two, and that's enough about that for me though. James, what have you been playing? Uh, just a few things. So, I tried out the new character in Smash Bros. Byleth, and I wasn't super hyped on that character when they first announced it. Cause more Fire Emblem. Exactly. It's like literally I keep forgetting the exact number but i think it's like the seventh uh fire emblem character you got like roy marth ike um and then like yeah like There's three like others Lucina, i don't even know their names um uh, not yeah um 
Oh god, I, yeah, I can't remember all of them because I, I don't honestly, I'm not that big of on playing the Fire Emblem characters. I, I don't know why. I think Japan is more excited than we are about Fire Emblem characters coming to the game. Maybe. I mean, I, I do still really want to play um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is the Switch game that Byleth is from, but. It's like, I, I haven't gotten around to that one yet, so I have no personal connection to this character. I just tried him out because I'm like, well, I, I already bought the season pass. I might as well try the character. And I, I like him for the most part. It, it's interesting that instead of being a sword user, just straight out like the other Fire Emblem characters, he uses uh, like different weapons depending on which direction you're pushing the stick. So... I don't know. There's a bit more variety to him, it feels like, than Roy or Marth or whatever. But because some of his moves are so slow, like the wind-up and um, recovery is so slow, especially for his down B, which is like... I think it's like a weird battle axe thing. It does a shit ton of damage if it connects, but it takes a... You have to like have either really good luck on the timing or catch someone completely off guard. So, I don't know. He's kind of hard to use. He's, I'm not that into him. But I did, while I was home, like, the other week, uh, grab one of the few games I have on disc, which was Skyrim. Apparently, it's called Special Edition. Oh, is it special? Yeah, I, I actually bothered to look at the box after we re- recorded last time and i like had to ask you several times like wait what is it called again i was like remastered or definitive or both of those make more sense or just as todd wants you to buy it again edition <laughs> like literally when i saw the when i saw the box it was just like oh yeah what is it called like officially like special edition what the fuck whatever okay i I had it briefly and then i never opened it and then i sold it because i was like i have too many versions of this fucking game fair enough i never finished it on when i first got it on ps3 and i bought the dlc for it too it was just one of those things where i was just like i'll eventually get back to it (laughs) i just never did but now i'll probably replay it on pc just because i wanted to do all five and just see at least if i could do one and two yeah but for sure i wanted to play morrowind yeah, so I've heard good things about Morrowind. Right. But yeah, like, because my apartment complex for some reason decided to, like, swap out the wired internet for better Wi Fi everywhere, uh, like, I can't play pretty much anything online anymore with my consoles because they don't connect to the Wi Fi because it's campus Wi Fi and it's stupid. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so I was just, like, looking for shit I can play offline, and I was like, oh, Skyrim. I literally never finished Skyrim. That's perfect. So I started a, a Nord, uh, I basically, like, the general character I like to play at starter, like, for a starter character is, like, just a jack-of-all-trades, battle mage kind of guy. So, like, I'm doing one-handed, uh, weapons with, uh, magic or, and mm-hmm. stuff. So, like, a mix of both, so I don't really, I get a little taste of everything. Uh... And if I ever get around to it, I might try to make, like, a Khajiit thief character. Because I, I just always thought it'd be really cool to make, like, a stealthy, literal cat burglar. <laughs> are you just using magic, or are you using any weapons specifically? Weapons, too. Uh, I'm doing, like, one-handed weapons in, like, one-handed magic in the other, generally. Okay, so, like, usually, like, an axe, sword, or mace? Yeah, something like that. And I've been having gotcha. a lot of fun with it. It's, like, it's simultaneously fascinating to see, like, this game came out, like, a decade ago. 
at least or whatever like 2011 damn so almost a decade uh and like literally there are so many moments where i'm just like i cannot believe they got this game to to run on playstation 3 and 360 like even though the the visuals aren't that great like there's still like so much of what feels like a real breathing world because characters will just like walk around town and like talk to each other whether or not you're around and stuff like it's all it's really cool but then there's also the equal amount of jankiness where like quests will just randomly not work like when i was trying to uh join the companions and they were like okay fight this guy in the courtyard and he, I tried to fight the guy in the courtyard, and all his companion friends thought I was trying to kill him, and they all tried to fight and kill me. And I had to find some way to make it so that I could fight the guy without everyone freaking out, because I get, I don't know, shit just sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> uh, Have you tried, is there any specific item you like to collect? Not really. I'm just going around doing whatever quests I got at the time. So okay. far, anyway. you, don't, you don't collect sweet rolls. Oh, I do collect the sweet rolls though, because I'm like, ooh, those are good. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I do. Yeah. I do collect any alcohol I find because I'm like, any people will buy this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll collect alcohol, gems, and I want to say like books and scrolls. I do like to collect the books. I guess there is a decent amount of stuff I like to collect. Huh. Yeah, just like a Fallout, I'll collect sweet rolls, Nuka Cola, and uh, pre-war money. Right. Uh, and then I just feel like I gotta be completely honest. So I've been saying for a while that I've been trying to avoid Blizzard games because of like, I'm not a fan of their business tactics currently and like kind of bowing to China for the whole Blitzchung thing. I don't know. I just find it weird that it's an American company trying to placate a foreign country. I don't know. It's, it's It's not like no one else does that, right? I know. It's not. Disney's never done that before. I know. That's the thing. It's like, it's kind of weird that I'm being so hardline on Blizzard when like, they're not the only ones that like do this, but whatever. I I just like, I want to be. If you tried to like not watch or play anything from all the ones that do this, you'd basically not watch or play anything practically at a certain point. Yeah. It it gets to hard. You have to, it's really hard. You have to pick and choose kind of what you care about the most. Uh, when it comes to, like, not supporting something, because it, it's it just, like, for me, like, I don't support Nestle, so, like, I had to give up specifically, like, the probably the hardest thing was Crunch Bars and Butterfingers, which are some of my favorite candy bars, and I haven't had them in years now, so. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to be honest and say, like, I did play Heroes of the Storm, which is their MOBA, <clears throat> excuse me, for, like, a night, because my brother Chris was like, hey... Do you want to try Heroes of the Storm? I was like, uh, I don't really want to play a Blizzard game, but I do want to try to like stress out my computer and see if I can get it to crash like doing something other than recording a fucking episode of a podcast, which doesn't even make sense. Get get Division Two on PC. I don't know. I don't know if it. See if it runs. See if it runs, and then we could play on PC. That would actually would be really interesting. Yeah, it just use our controllers. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just I I just wanted to be honest and be like. I did actually play a Blizzard game for one night. I didn't get it. I didn't give him any money, but I did give him some of my time, and I just wanted to be honest about that. But I also want to be honest. League of Legends is a much better MOBA, in my opinion. Gotcha. I'm just not a fan of. Uh, oh, Destiny Two on PC is free. Oh shit! Really? Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. It's oh yeah. See if you can run it. You should just download it and see if you can run Ooh, it. That's after, a really after good this. idea. 
Yeah, before you go to class, just let it download, and then when you come back, it should be done. Just test it out, dude. I'm a Don't d- forget, it's cross save, bro. You could just dude. use like your secondary <gasps> character. On that'd be or so, dude. If I if that works, I'm gonna be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's Ooh, it for me. though. Ideas right there. I didn't think about that last time. Actually, this is I know, right? This is new footage, guys. How, Never before. How seen. have I not thought of that this entire fucking time? I actually literally thought like, oh man, if I like, if I subscribe to, uh, um. Shit, what's Google's service? Stadia. If I subscribe to Stadia, Studia? like if I subscribe to Stadia, I could play some games on my computer. And it was like, ah, but I don't want to because it looks like shit right now. Your Wi-Fi better be good. I mean, after yeah. taking the Ethernet, your Wi-Fi better be amazing for it now. Fucking that too. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But now nah, just just get it on a. It's on Steam. Yeah, which I have Steam on my computer. All right, I'll I'll yeah. give it a shot. See if I could do that. Yeah, see if it works. See if it uh, if it runs on Mac. I'm not sure if it does, but yeah, just find out. Yeah, All right, that, that was uh, in my games though. Cool, and we're back. Uh, you guys didn't notice. Hopefully, the transition is seamless. That it goes from one to the other. Uh, we just basically stopped and started recording again. I uh, won't be doing this every time. So, uh, just letting you know, like so far, so good. Also, I think honestly, Skype's probably running best for us so far. It's very seamless there's no delays in terms of like uh we usually try to clap to solidify uh a connection where you can kind of see on the wave file uh where the clap is so i can align them for editing in the future uh kind of like using a slate in film but yeah so that's far so that's good for. yeah ah <laughs> the slate's not for audio it's for sound uh like the the writing on it is just to kind of use as reference interesting yeah all right so Gaming news. Let's start off. So we got three pieces of news, uh, or technically four, uh, two of which is Activision, which we kind of put together. First off is uh, talk about Call of Duty coming out in 2020. So, so far what we knew was uh, previously there was a rumor. So this was never confirmed, but uh, everyone should know there's like a three-year cycle for each uh, studio that goes through and they rotate. So it usually goes like uh, Treyarch Infinity Ward and then uh, Sledgehammer, and they just kind of alternate each time. So, like, previously, Sledgehammer did World War II, then uh, Treyarch did Black Ops 4, and Infinity War did Modern Warfare. So, naturally, then Sledgehammer would be doing this one coming up. So, that way, it gives each developer about three years more, uh, three years or maybe a little bit less to develop their game. So, it's not, it's more, like, quality-wise when it comes out. Uh... There, the rumor previously, I believe we talked about it on here before, was that Sledgehammer and Raven were working together on one, which Raven had previously done the Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered port, to, or basically the remaster, not the port, uh, to like the current gen consoles. And uh, them and Sledgehammer apparently weren't working well together to a point where Activision basically pulled them off of their project for Call of Duty 2020 and put Treyarch in charge of it which I'm not sure if it's supposed to be something different, or Black Ops 5. And then basically Sledgehammer and Raven were, instead of getting their own, breaking the cycle and going to support for Treyarch. So we'll find out soon enough if that's true. The only way we'll know is, let's say, when they reveal, they're going to say, developed by Treyarch. Now if it says not, it doesn't say Treyarch, and it just says Sledgehammer and Raven, then we know that rumor was false, or maybe there was some shit behind the scenes or something that we don't know about that may have delayed it or or there was just shit that went down uh either way though it's one or the other we'll find out when they reveal the next thing but the earnings they had an earnings report which 
talked about two news pieces, one of which was Call of Duty 2020, apparently uh, most likely not going to be as good as Modern Warfare or perform as good, I think, overall, most likely probably crit critics, sales, things like that, uh, which I'm not surprised by just because Modern Warfare, like, was massive uh, this time around to the point where, like, it even got me in, which I, I did, yes, buy Black Ops 4 for the for, like, that was my first Call of Duty game I bought since uh, Black Ops 2, I want to say, which I ended up selling off, like, I think, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 2, so it was a good amount of years where I didn't play or own a certain amount of the games, and I still haven't touched them, and I never will, most likely, uh, but Modern Warfare brought me really back into it to the point where I'm like, I don't even need Black Ops 4, I just wanted it for the Battle Royale, which was okay, honestly, it wasn't even that special. I so, played, like, two or three games of it, and we're like, no, I don't need this. Yeah, I'd literally uh, rather play Apex. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, most likely this game for me, unless it's something really, really cool or unique where they're like, hey, this is Vietnam or some random location that's maybe between, like, the 40s to modern day, and it's not ridiculous, then I might be interested. But most likely, honestly, I might, with uh, the way Infinity Ward's gotten really good, which, uh, to give you guys a good point of things, like, they have... Infinity Ward got really good because they absorbed Neversoft as well, which Neversoft did helped them with, I think, they did the only interesting-looking thing in Ghost, which was the alien mode, oh, where yeah. you fight the aliens. Uh, they also, of course, did Tony Hawk. They did uh, Guitar Hero to an extent. Dude, they, they did, like, all they the biggest Gun. 90s games, yeah. basically. Uh, but, like, a lot of the developers they had basically were just kind of pushed into Call of Duty. So Neversoft used to do a lot of other shit. Raven did their own shit. They actually, back when uh, the id properties were with Activision and not Bethesda, uh... Raven did their own Wolfenstein for PS3 360, and they also did their own game called Singularity, which kind of felt similar to that, uh, where it seemed like supernatural shooter type game. Oh, yeah. And they never, also did uh, Wolverine. Soft. They also did Gun in, like, the Spider-Man games? Yeah, Neversoft did. I'm talking about uh, Raven, though, doing Singularity, yeah. Wolfenstein, and uh, yeah. Wolverine. But yeah, so they each did these different things, and now Neversoft is just... It's gone. It's just part of Infinity Ward now. Uh, Raven... Yeah. They just do support for the most part, or a remaster, or something like that. So, Infinity Ward, like, you know, they kind of lost their luster once all the big main people there left and made Respawn. And they've been slowly rebuilding. They got a couple Respawn people back. They got some Naughty Dog people in there. And they have Neversoft. So they've really improved a lot, to the point where, like, I am now interested in what is it two years now in two years uh they'll have the mon warfare 2 probably uh and i'll i'll get that but uh would, i'll probably surprise me yeah and i'll probably honestly if this is the case of what's gonna happen i'll probably just be skipping the two games in between so every i'll only do it once every three years just because black ops used to be cool for me but that was like black ops one and world at war from treyarch those were great and then it just kind of slowly deteriorated for me and then Sledgehammer, I've just never really been interested too much. But like I said, we'll see. So we'll find out. Honestly, I'm going to say they'd either show it at like E3 or whenever Sony's uh, conferences to show specifically like the PS5 and stuff. That would be a great opener with Call of Duty would just make sense. That would or be insane. they'll do something in like April, May where they just kind of show a teaser and it'll kind of tell you a lot right there. All right. Uh, the other thing they talked about the earnings report was that apparently 
They're going to have multiple remasters and reimaginings of games coming this year from Activision. So there's already been four, technically, I think. So you have the Crash Trilogy, the Spyro Trilogy, Crash Team Rage, Racing Nitro Fueled, and Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered. So you have uh, technically, I guess, eight games, nine if you count both Crash Team Racing games, and they're talking about more. So I just wanted to go through and see all the potential games there could be. They also actually did um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD, which was basically the first one remastered. And I heard people's main complaint with that one was literally just that, or at least the one that I remember hearing was that it was like the soundtrack that made the game so good was like kind of just. Oh, and they didn't have the licensed songs, right? Yeah. Because yeah. of like because of like licensing rights, yeah, they could they couldn't get the rights to all the songs that appeared on the original soundtrack. I I don't know. I guess relationships soured over the years or something. I don't know. Times or they're change. just not available. It just depends. Or that yeah. yeah, for for whatever reason, and and people were like, oh man, like half the fun was listening to the amazing soundtrack. I want to feel like I'm in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. So. What I think could potentially... We'll just list off all the potential games that they could really do. So it's easy to say, like, there were PlayStation 2 Crash games and Spyro games. They weren't made by the original developers, so it's not like Naughty Dog did these Crash games, Insomniac did these Spyro games, because those properties retained within, like, Vivendi, which was, at a certain point, becoming, like, a part of Activision, so that's when Activision started owning them. Uh... They could do the PS2 versions of those just to keep going off of the hype of those uh, those properties and eventually maybe do original ones afterwards, but just to kind of milk as much as they can before they really bring it in itself. So I would, I would not be surprised if they did a collection of PS2 ra- uh, Crash games and PS2 Spyro games. Uh, they could also, of course, do more Tony Hawk. Uh, I... I would almost guarantee that they're going to do either Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, if not only that, but also at a certain point Pro Skater 3. I, I don't see why they wouldn't do both, but of course they're going to do them like individually because you want to milk that for as much as you can. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So hopefully if they can get the music rights. <laughs> uh, potentially, honestly, if two's good, if they do well enough on 2, I possibly... I, I skipped out on 1, but I might get 2, depending on... Uh, how how good it looks and how well it kind of the remaster goes for it uh i mean they could even potentially remaster it or reimagine it if they wanted to and then um of course biggest property that can give them a lot of stuff is call of duty so there's two two potential ones i see happening from this or two areas and then they kind of diverge from there one would be call of duty modern warfare 2 remastered which, uh, if you really ask people, is probably the most famous Call of Duty game, more so than Call of Duty 4, just because that was the one that really just kind of built from it and just had a lot of crazy shit happen in the Dude, multiplayer. I literally think Modern Warfare 2 might be the game I played the most multiplayer of, of like any game ever. I know I played one more, or I played Call of Duty 4 more than I played Modern Warfare 2, 
but I do remember like that was when we were playing together at certain points for Call of Duty. That was like the last yeah. time we played together. Yeah, I wasn't uh, even thinking of like the Spec Ops thing because we we tried really wait Spec Ops, Special Ops. Well, that's special, special Ops. Special Ops. Uh, no, it was Spec. It was I think it was Spec Ops. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was like the the co op missions and shit. That was awesome as all hell. Dude, we got to like the last mission where it was like kill fifteen juggernauts, and we're just like we're not doing this. <laughs> it's, well, I don't think we finished it, did we? We didn't. We got to that, that was last the very one. last mission, or the second to last mission. And we tried so many times, and we're just like, we know this should be possible. But it feels impossible, and we're just getting fucking infuriated. Because we do it on, um... What was the difficulty called? We were trying to get, like, the, the trophies for it, so we were doing it on, like, the hardest difficulty. It was basically the last trophy we needed. It was, like, you know, get the highest amount of stars for yeah. all of them. And we'd get, like, a silver or a gold, and then from there we'd get a platinum. So that was, like, the last trophy to get the platinum for, and we never did it. Actually, I think the servers are still on. If you ever want, to, we could totally go back. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was that game alone would be the biggest of any of those games if they brought it back. That would make them a shit ton of money if they remastered that. Which people kept asking for it before, like they released Modern Warfare Remastered. People thought there was going to be like a remastered trilogy of all three Modern Warfare games, but they didn't. Uh, I would just say don't fucking put the map pack separate again. That was some bullshit last that time. That was lame. That was fucking stupid. But, uh, yeah, just, just fucking put them all together. Charge fucking $40 and be cool. Just don't don't fuck it up again. Uh, so there's that. And then there's the early Call of Duty games. So I'm talking Call of Duty 1 through 2. So, like, Call of Duty, Call of Duty's expansion, United Offensive and Call of Duty 2, which all of them were on PC, though 2 came out on 360 as well. Uh, I would see either you could, you, they could release those individually, even the expansion pack separately if they wanted to, or put one in the expansion, or what I would prefer is they do kind of what they did with PC, which was uh, usually they'd call them war chests, battle chests. It would be like a lot of the early games would be put together in a collection. Uh, once they were all like done releasing, just to make some more money, re-release it all together. So if they put Call of Duty United Offensive and two together as one package remastered, that would I would also say be a perfect kind of thing to do right there. That'd be really fun to have. And then if they wanted to after uh, release both of the uh, console ports together, Call of Duty uh, Our Finest Hour and Call of Duty Two The Big Red One, which were actually completely different campaigns than call of duty one and twos and or to an extent different um but they were honestly good too yeah uh my first game was actually our friend of sour i only played the the console games that were the spinoffs before and then eventually got the war chest and played one and two and united offensive and stuff Uh, it wasn't until like uh ps3 360 generation when they released like three that they were like all on the same level they stopped doing the spinoffs so I would say either those first three games plus like this PS2, Xbox spinoffs, and then like Modern Warfare 2. Those are kind of like, I would say three sets right there you could do and make a shit ton of money and not have to do, honestly, not too much, I would say. Like, just just make them, make them nice looking and make them playable. That's it. And then uh, what else do we got? Uh, prototype. They could do prototype one yeah. and two either together or separately, honestly. Uh, which, of course, in a world without Infamous at this point, would make people happy. I'm sure for PlayStation and Xbox, 
and PC. Wait, didn't they re-release Prototype 1 and 2 on the new consoles? If they did, I don't remember, because I didn't care. Because <laughs> Prototype was not, for us, I don't think, uh, wasn't a game we cared too much about because we had Infamous. And Infamous, for us, just, that's all we needed. Yeah, I mean, I played the first uh, uh, Prototype. I don't know, like, I liked it, but I just liked Infamous's story better and the main character better. And, I don't know, it's just, I found it generally more fun to play, but that doesn't mean that, like, again, that doesn't mean the Prototype was bad. I just thought that Infamous was better. So at the time, I was like... Well, they're coming out at, like, the same time. I'll just get Infamous. And this is before... I guess that was, like, before I even, like, knew definitively which one I would like. But I just went with the PlayStation exclusive because it was, like... Whatever, I'll just get the PlayStation one first. I don't know. No, that makes sense. And, like, uh... For Xbox people, it'd be a bigger deal because Infamous was only on PlayStation. So Prototype was always bigger on Xbox, I would assume just because that was the only type of game of that style that they had to play. So that would probably do well with, like, Xbox One, most likely. Unless they did do it, then never mind. Forget what I said. But, like, I I, I don't know if they released it. I don't feel like looking it up either, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I think I did just look it up. They released it in, like, a bundle for of, like, both of them. They called it the Biohazard Bundle. And it was for current gen? Uh-huh. But... Uh, GameSpot is saying that it's like a bare minimum upgrade like some textures are a little bit better but overall it's like really not that much of a difference uh, it's basically like do you want to play these games on your new consoles here you go yeah remaster it and make it nice then <laughs> then you could make more money again just wait uh actually for that one wait for PS5 Xbox Series X that makes more sense ooh that yeah. ray tracing yeah exactly uh, and then we have more licensed games. Like, if, so this is only if Activision either still has the rights to make these or can get them again. But the Transformers games, specifically when I say the Transformers games, the ones that people really liked that came out same time as the movies, but were not related to them in any way whatsoever, which is kind of the best way to do a licensed game. I uh, the Cybertron games. So like, yeah. I think it was War for Cybertron, Fall of Cybertron, and some other stuff. But I those think it was games. Just two. Okay, but th- they should just do uh, those two. I think that would do pretty well. Those were made by High Moon Studios, I believe. Which I'm not too sure what they're doing now. I guess I could have looked it up in the last time we talked about this, but I didn't. So <laughs> I did really like the <laughs> yeah. first uh, Cybertron game. I never got around to playing the second one, but like I really liked the first one. I thought it was super cool. Yeah, so I I think I don't think they they were never for me personally, but yeah, they, they would just they, I would say they're pretty successful. And then uh Raven's games, honestly, like uh Singularity would be a game I would personally pick up. I think that's one I'd want to see as well as uh if they could, I th- I don't see why Disney slash Marvel wouldn't want to get some money off of this, but if they remastered the Wolverine game that they had made previously. I think that would be popular because like, that was that was a I, more popular game well, too. Yeah, that's literally like the one X-Men game that or at least the one Wolverine game that people are like that's a fucking good one. Make more like that, please. <laughs> I 
I don't know. Just like it felt really good, like really good to be Wolverine for like mainly two reasons. Like they actually did lean into the regenerating health system as a video game, but as you take damage, you actually see like flesh rip off of him and stuff and like heal in real time. But also he had this like lunge ability where you basically just like throw Wolverine at people like a missile and there was something about it that was just crazy satisfying. <laughs> but yeah, can you just imagine how cool that like regenerating flesh effect would look on like the new co- the modern consoles let alone like the ones that are coming up? Yes. It would be pretty pretty cool. Also, I I finally did look up High Moon. So I don't know what the hell they're doing now, uh, because I just see uh, their games list is Dark Watch, The Born Conspiracy, Transformers, War for Cybertron, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, which I, know, I heard was trash, uh, Transformers, Fall of Cybertron, uh, the Deadpool game, and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which means they supported uh, Sledgehammer in that game, but after Advanced Warfare, I don't see anything. So, And it says their trademarks renewed to 2020. So I'm going to assume that they are a Call of Duty support team, most likely, if if they don't have anything else on their plate, yeah. unless they're developing something for this whole time. Because Advanced Warfare came out like, mm, oh, I don't, twenty thirteen, I think. I think that was twenty thirteen. It, like it came f- out the year after Ghost. I want to say, yeah. Yeah, okay, I was... It was like 2013-2014, I want to say. I think you're right, because I, for a second, was mistaking it for the Kit Harrington one, the Infinite Warfare. No, it was 2014. 2014, that's what it was, because Black Ops 3 came out in 2015. Yes, that's that's correct. So it was 2014, so that's the last game it shows on there, and it's six years later, so I don't know what the fuck's happening. Alright, besides that, the only other game I could think of at the moment, uh, which is the one actually I'd probably want the most out of all of them, is a game Neversoft made called Gun. And Gun came out yeah. during the PS2, Xbox era, and I think also came out on 360. But it was an awesome Western game back when I think the only things you had was like the very first Call of Wars game, I think. And then uh, Red Dead Revolver, which wasn't obviously as popular as like Redemption at all. Yeah. Uh, so. That game was really fun. It was kind of open world. Uh, was it? It's definitely not as big as Redemption, but it had its own fun twi- like twist to it. It had like it was the first one to do like the slow motion. I think uh, yeah. gunfighting, and it just it back then there wasn't really any other Western game I knew about, so I was just very content with it. Like I I played the shit out of it. If if they had platinums for PS2. I would have platinum the shit out of that game because I got everything. I hunted all the animals, I did all the missions, all the challenges, things like that. And I remember, um, what the fuck was the dude's name that was like the boss at the end? Macruder. I think it was Macruder. Uh, it was fucking. It was pretty. He had a grenade launcher. In the yeah. west. I just remember. I think I remember that he was like this armored fat dude with a grenade launcher, and I was just like, you gotta kill Macruder, stop him in his greed. It's been a while, so I don't rem- I, I don't remember a whole lot of the story, and I definitely don't remember. I don't think I finished that game, but I do remember having a shit ton of fun with it while I was playing it. And yeah, I think I played it before uh, Red Dead uh, Redemption came out, and I never I never played Revolver. 
So, I don't know. Yeah, it was like the Western game that I remember first really liking. That was also one of the first games I played on Xbox 360 anyway. So, I don't know. It was a good game. If they brought that back, I would definitely play it. I'd play it for sure. Yeah. So, that's the list of games we think could be remastered or reimagined. That one I think I'd want either... I think I'd want that one reimagined, possibly, instead of a remaster. But, you know, just just try to do those. Uh, I want to I see more of that stuff. Uh, specifically, Gun, Singularity... And the first three Call of Duty games. I think those are the ones I want the most out of all of those. But okay, so that's uh, that's the potential for Activision there. Next up, our next piece of news revolves around that fun game that everyone loves called Anthem. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, they are... Let me read the quote here. Uh, this is from Casey Hudson, who left and then came back for Anthem. So... It wasn't really anything involving him when it kind of dropped down the first time because he wasn't even there, and then he came back, and it's like, all right, better get the shit back together. So he said uh, in a blog post from Bioware, over the coming months, we will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards while preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting. Uh, doing something we'd like to have done more of the first time around, giving a focused team the time to test and iterate, focusing on gameplay first. So I want you to notice the last thing I said there. Focusing on gameplay first, as you said before that, this time around. So yeah. they didn't focus on gameplay first originally they were just like quick make it like destiny and division in terms of like people say these games aren't similar which they aren't in terms of the gameplay style like division destiny anthem are all completely different in mechanics and everything else it's but overall the they are like three player games where you're doing like a bunch of pve shit and like they have raids practically and there's like different activities you can do that are all more or less similar. Except I don't think there's anything in Anthem that really counts as what I would consider equal to a Destiny or uh, not Division, Division Two's. Yeah, and so I'm just like, okay, that's it's nice to hear that they're trying still. They're gonna keep supporting it, which is yeah, I guess good. Um, I mean, it's just I don't know. sad to me mostly because i like i've never been a mega fan of bioware but i've always enjoyed their games at the least like i never i didn't play much of kotor uh the first one uh but i heard like the second one is like one of the best rpgs like ever made that was obsidian that was obsidian yeah oh, i didn't even know they that. only did the first one weird okay yep. <laughs> uh but then like i do really love the mass effect series and I do kind of like the Dragon Age series, although I haven't gotten into that one as much. But, I don't know, it's just sad to see a studio that's so... has such an illust illustrious? I don't know if I'm using the word right. Uh, they're, they're a prestigious studio that people have known for years and years and have loved their games. And then all of a sudden, it seems like, what the fuck happened? Like, Yeah, I mean... 
This yeah. is not what they're used to. I would agree to an extent. I mean, for me, so I I, I tried playing Kotor, but I played it late to the point where it felt very aged, and I, I just didn't want to do it. Uh, so really, for me, I played through like Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and then got Anthem and stuff, which uh, I only liked Mass Effect 2, part of Mass Effect 3, Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Inquisition. I didn't like Mass. I didn't like like part of one. I didn't like one. I, I didn't even want to play that. I uh, I didn't like some of three. I think you could guess what parts. And uh, Dragon Age Two is not good. And <laughs> it, so for Bioware for me, it's literally like hit and miss. They'll do a good one. They'll do a bad one. Like it feels like they alternate every single time. And then um, Andromeda came out, and that's where I was like, I looked at it, and I was like. I'm just not even going to buy it. And then Anthem, I only... So everyone is excited for Anthem. I only bought it because people I play like Borderlands and other shit with wanted to get it. So we went in and it's like a full four-dude squad for it. And I knew... I think... I don't know why. Like, when it first was announced and all this shit, everyone was like, this is the best thing at E3. I was like, it looks whatever. Like, I don't care. I I was immediately worried. Not based off of what we saw at E3, but just because they were like, it's an, it's, uh, what did they even call it? Like a persistent open world shooter. Like they didn't say like destiny, but I was like, okay, destiny had problems when it launched division had problems when it launched different kinds of problems. But like I going off of the trend of the gaming industry so far, I am not going to get this game at launch because Either I'm wrong and it's great and I'll just pick it up, or I'm, or I'm right and they have problems that I'm not gonna want to deal with at launch. And yeah, and they I they like right. uh, it was like Activision and Destiny at the time. Ubisoft has Division and it was like oh, okay, this is EA's. Like we get it, okay. And just seeing all that and then what happened, especially I fucking bought the Legion of Dawn edition fucking wasted my money there yeah and we didn't even get through the game we we just got we were done we were like we'll wait till it's fixed but also it's honestly not even worth your time yeah in its current state but let's say they do fix it they they re redo everything and they make it like a comeback like no man's sky like final fantasy 14 uh it gets the question i just want to briefly just like yes or no would you play it again would you go back to it if they fixed it? If they fixed it and it was actually, f- like, I was hearing good things about it, like, people were saying, oh, it is actually fixed, like, it's good, then I, I might actually go back and play more of it. I just, I don't know, part of the problem was that I just also wasn't that into the lore or the story of the game as much as I was for, like, Destiny, so that's why I was just, like, the entire time, I was just like, I'd rather be playing Destiny. That's probably why I feel like they're going to reimagine that stuff too, most likely. But so for me, I want to say no if I was solo. So if I, I'm, if I, it's like, oh, do I personally want to go back to this game? No, it's too late for me. I don't care. I, I don't want to go back to it. I have enough with Destiny. I barely have time for Division, which I don't have time for Division. I still have to like go through that. I haven't even done the Black Tusk shit yet. And, uh, the last thing too is unless all of my friends that I would play with that we all got it together unless they all do it there's no way they literally have to be like we're all doing this you have to do it too and then I'll do it that's the only reason I would do it whatsoever at this point so 
That's how we feel about Anthem. Final news for gaming. Uh, This one will be somewhat brief to an extent, I would say. Uh, It's more related to the coronavirus, so it's more serious. Uh, It's about Sony and, I guess, technically Oculus. But Sony had announced that they were not going to go to PAX East due to the coronavirus, uh, and they would rather play it safe than sorry. Uh, I think it's a thing for really Japan in general. This is a call from Japan because of the outbreak in Japan, and they just don't want any more people, especially people that work for the company, to get any time of that. Because like that just fucks with the company. That fucks with the people that works there. And it could just screw over other people as well. And uh, I think even the mayor was like, uh, you don't do this. It's like, don't be racist. <laughs> he said something about like being racist to Chinese people or something, which I know there's a lot of that going around right now, which is fucked up. But I, I'm pretty sure that's not why Sony is doing it. Uh, I think it's more for safety over uh, stereotypes and paranoia. Yeah, I didn't immediately take it as a racist thing. I just took it as, like, it makes some sense that when there is a virus going around and is very easily spread by people who may or may not even have symptoms yet, like... A convention with thousands and thousands of people, like which people already get, like people get sick at conventions already. Yeah, like the you'll leave a convention and go, yeah, I got sick. Where it's like, oh, what happens this time? I left a convention and I got fucking coronavirus. That's not the thing you want to hear. Yeah, like, so even more so. So like, I just was like, yeah, they just don't want to even remotely chance that even one person comes to this convention with coronavirus and it just spreads like wildfire. Yeah, like, and I, 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 I believe. I believe Square Enix also said they're not going to go to PAX East, but also now Sony has pulled out of GDC completely, which all of their... Kojima Productions has also pulled out, Oculus has pulled out, and uh, Audio Kinetic Wise has pulled out, which is the software I use, which Sony bought them, which makes sense. Basically, they probably said you guys can't go either, Uh, which makes me now want to... Because GDC is right here in the city with me. I was actually... I wasn't going to get tickets most likely at this point, just because I feel like it's too late. Uh, I was just going to go to, like, after parties and, like, the meetings beforehand and stuff. But, like, uh, one guy, Damien, he actually is, like, part of Audio Connect now. But he was, like, one of the main people leading the sound designer get-togethers for GDC stuff. So if he's not going, it's, like, there's less of a reason to go just because I feel like then other designers aren't going to go. There'll probably still be some, but it's going to be a less uh, concentrated amount of people. So it just seems like it's better safe and sorry to skip this year uh, altogether. Uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't decided completely yet myself, but that's pretty much what's going on, at least with the coronavirus in terms of that, which uh, at this point, I even, uh, I think they said, brace to just start preparing for a potential U.S. outbreak, like there is in Italy, the Middle East, and parts of Asia, just because uh, they said, CD, CDC, I believe, said it's not really an if, it's just when it's going to happen at this point. Yeah, so I saw the just, news earlier that Brazil got its first case of coronavirus, so now it's on every continent but Antarctica, so yeah. that's great. Yeah, so it's it, it, it's going to get worse before it gets better uh, at this point, so just, you know, play it safe, guys, that's it. And uh, now we're on to what we're watching, so uh, James, if you want to run real fast through what you're going. Yep, yep. So it shouldn't be too long. Uh, I've been kind of making my way through Clone Wars uh, just because I, n- I never watched it before. Um, and like the, the d- 
Disney decided to make another season of it, and people have been hyping it up online, so I was just like, I'll give it a shot. I don't really want to talk too much about my impressions of it. I It's just like, I literally just got to the fourth season. So, like, the first three, the first two seasons are like, eh. The, the third season starts to get pretty good. I, I really liked the, uh, the Father of the Force storyline, or whatever. Um... And so far, season four has been, like, fucking insane. Uh, and, like, way more mature than I was expecting. Um, I also got back into My Hero Academia. Because, I don't know, like, it's it's on... Hulu actually gets the new episodes after they go up. And I just... Up until recently, I've been waiting for the dubbed episodes to get released. But it's just... They're so far like in between each other that I eventually was just like, you know what? I've been hearing that like the most recent episodes of my hero academia have been like insane. So I decided to give it a shot. And now I'm like actually current because the last storyline was like so entertaining in just like, like I said it last time we recorded, it's literally, there are certain moments in this last story arc that feel like some of the best anime I've ever watched. Just like visually and story wise, it's it's amazing. Uh, you haven't watched Legend of the Galactic Heroes. That's I'm just gonna say that. that's fair. I haven't watched all anime, so my opinion might be a little bit skewed. But I don't know. It just this last storyline revolved around like a little girl uh, being basically tortured uh, secretly by like what's left of the Yakuza because she has like a really useful power apparently. Uh, and they're just, like, experimenting on her. And the main characters, like, long story short, they find out, like, that they had a chance to save her at the time, that, like, they saw her, and didn't realize what was going on with her until afterward, and they just felt like, oh my god, I basically let that girl go back to the hands of that monster, like, I should have just fought him then and there, or whatever. Anyway, so it felt like the authors or the writers of this story arc took this idea of like protecting like young helpless children really personally because there was a lot of emotion put behind it of just like fuck this guy this guy's a monster and we need to like save this child no matter what and there's like a moment where the main character uses basically more power than he's ever used before and he gets so powerful that his kicks can create pressure waves that basically like he can jump in midair oh wow like so he's basically just like 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 dragon ball z flying through the air faster than you can see him and just going insane and just like wiping the floor with this like monster asshole bad guy like there's a shot where he's flying through the air and he throws like what seems like one punch and then the screen goes dark and just like a wall of like glowing fists like appear behind him rush past the ma- the bad guy and it looks like he didn't get hit at first and then like a few seconds later literally like chunks of the guy are getting blown off because he like hit him with that much force damn it, it's just it's so visually amazing that i basically it's just like my hero academia is a phenomenal show in my opinion at, at this point uh i also watched something f- much lower energy called uh curb your enthusiasm which is basically made by the guy who did who wrote Seinfeld. And it's in the same kind of vein of like it's uh 
a show based on real life and he even like plays a character like Larry David plays himself Larry David uh and I don't know it's it's really weird because it's because it's based on real life there are certain episodes that are just kind of like meh and like just kind of funny and it's just mostly observational humor and, and whatnot uh but there are other episodes that are like legitimately hysterical like get me laughing out loud and like clapping because it's so fucking funny and uh like for instance to go even more meta with it there's a storyline where one of the characters from seinfeld came to him saying like hey i do you have any work you could you could like give me because i literally am only ever recognized as that character from seinfeld so I I could use something to like get people to think of me differently. And Larry David's like, oh, why don't we make that a show? A show about a guy who used to be on a mega show like Seinfeld and only is ever recognized as the guy he played on that show. And that becomes a whole storyline. I don't know. It's like, there's like 10 seasons of it. I think I'm like halfway through it at this point. It's super funny. Uh, and then the last thing I watched was I finally got around to watching Alita Battle Angel. Yeah. Which I was like really interested in it when it first came to theaters. And I just like, I can't remember what it was. I just didn't get around to seeing it at the time. And I saw that it was on one of the video services I have access to while I'm here at Davis. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'll give that a shot. And I, it kind of sucks. I didn't like it. Like there were parts of it I liked, but I don't know. A lot of things just didn't work for me. Like, one of the things was the uh, anytime there was a, a a cyborg or whatever that was pretty much all robot and just like a human face, like that one hunter guy with the sword, like it just looked weird to me. And you were saying that when you saw it in the theater, it like it looked good on the big screen. It, yeah, I mean, it's still I, I still stand by it. That's I was I was I was surprised when you said that. I was like, really, you didn't yeah. like that? So, everyone everyone liked it. So maybe it's just that like I was watching it on my computer on a stream. So maybe the video quality wasn't good enough so that it I could see a good transition between flesh and metal. But on at least when I was watching it, it literally looked like they just like photoshopped some dude's face over a robot, and I just didn't look that good to me. I also wasn't a huge fan of much of the acting. Like, it felt unnatural. Which I get that, to a certain extent, Alita is mostly robot. So she might not act like a complete person. But, like, the scene where she's, like, confessing her love to that one guy that she's in love with. And she's like, I would even, I would give you anything. I would even give you my heart. And I'm like, well, that's a stupid cheesy line. But she's being serious that she's like, this heart produces way more power than my body will ever need so we could just sell it for a shit ton of money and get me like a a heart that will just keep me going and he doesn't take it as like super creepy and like or whatever i don't know it felt creepy to me and he's just like huh that's very funny alita and i was like uh, i don't know i just didn't feel like that I, that didn't seem creepy at all to be honest i don't know it's so it's, it's, it's sad that, like, I was really interested in the concept of this movie and in practice. She was also very, she was a very naive character. Like, the that's whole thing also, about her was she, she's very new to things, so she doesn't really, like... That's true. Yeah. So, like, there's a bit of that. I don't know. Like, I really wanted to like it, and just unfortunately, it just didn't work for me. 
Um, I am, however, interested in the concept of a sequel because they did definitely leave some stuff on. Oh yeah, because like, and especially it's Edward Edward Norton is the overall villain. Yeah, so like, I like I said, I like a lot of the concepts of it. It just for whatever reason didn't like either it was the acting or the visuals didn't quite work for me at the time that I was watching it. Uh, but I do want to know more about like the war between earth and Mars and why is this one floating city, the last floating city and is Mars still there? Like what happened to them? So like there's stuff I still want to know more about. I just unfortunately didn't enjoy this movie particularly well, but that's just my opinion. I got you. Yeah, because uh, when I left, I know everyone I watched it with, plus like people I know in Savannah, all were like pretty positive about it. Um, and so far, honestly, I, I would say it's definitely the best adaptation of a anime or manga to like live action. Because everything else so far, when Japan does it for some reason, it just fails miserably. Uh, for this one, though, it was produced by Cameron, James Cameron and actually directed by Robert Rodriguez, so I already had high hopes for it. And you also get, like, it's weird because, like, even though it's very Japanese-based, you have a bit of Latin in it as well, which is pretty yeah. cool. I did, but, uh, I, I did hear that some of the, like, a lot of the visuals of the movie were pulled straight from the manga. So that might be why some things didn't quite translate to screen in a way that made sense to me but would make sense if you're reading it off of a page on a manga. Cause like there are certain things that just don't translate well, but I do appreciate whenever someone is trying to adapt something from a, a medium like manga or books or whatever, or comic books, when they try to keep the imagery like as close as possible. Yeah. And I would say like, th there's a very, very big demand for a sequel. Uh, to the point where people actually bought an ad, you know, the planes that have the little ads on the back and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, when they fly by, uh, apparently there was a plane that basically said like lead a battle angel, uh, sequel on it or something like that over the Oscars or I think it was over the Oscars. That's funny. So there is very, like, I would say it's probably besides, uh, the Snyder cut, it's probably the other biggest, um, movie that's in demand by just the people. So all right, uh, then I just have one thing that I want to talk about that I watched, which I watched twice already, uh, was Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. God, I fucking hate the title. Uh, just basically, I watched Birds of Prey. Uh, it was actually really fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. I would say it's above Suicide Squad and Justice League, but below the, below, like, BV, uh, I would say, yeah, BV... Below, Man of Steel, BVS, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. Uh, but it's closer to them than it is to Justice League and Suicide Squad. So it did better. Like, it wasn't a negative movie. It was a positive movie, for sure. It's got a... I would say it's a positive scored movie. Uh, it's very, very violent. It's the only one that's R-rated, so they very much wanted to have a Deadpool-style feel of it. Like, especially uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was narrating it throughout the movie. She just... Like, it has a lot of, like, flashbacks where... It's running through, 
and then uh, the movie would stop and be like, oh, one day earlier, five minutes earlier. Honestly, like they even did like three minutes earlier or four minutes or something. And it would go to a different character, like one of the Birds of Prey characters, uh, whether it was like Huntress, uh, Black Canary, Renee Montoya, Cassandra Kane, things like that. And the characters themselves were, I thought, really well done. The top performers, of course, were Margot, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, who was supposed to be the main character anyway. And... Uh, Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis, aka Black Mask. And he was, oh my god, he was great. He, he was nothing like his character in the comics in terms of, like, uh, personality. Uh, well, he was, like, the masks and the way he felt about his parents was very accurate. But just the way he kind of talks to people and things like that, it was very unique, but he did a really good job of it where you're like, okay, this works really well. I like this a lot. And his, his, um, his vibrant, I would say it's a very vibrant personality. Uh, it just, it was, it was very entertaining to watch. Uh, that said, those two characters were well done. Though, the only thing I would say, like, Bird's Prey, like, the, the more complaints I had for the movie weren't with the quality of the movie itself. It was more so for the the adaptation from comic book to movie is the only thing for like one or two characters really uh but i'll say before i go to that like all the acting was really well done uh i really like renee montoya was great huntress is great uh black canary is great cassandra crane was cool in terms of like the way they were uh just in their roles of acting so Breaking it down character by character without spoiling anything. Black Canary was pretty much, for the most part, spot on, I would say, in terms of just, like, person... Actually, you know what? No, she was pretty different. <laughs> now thinking about it more so. Uh, she... The, the main differences between her and her comic, like, uh, she's the only meta that's on the team. Like, you know, the hypersonic scream. Uh, it, they, they change it up. I won't say what exactly, but her powers aren't necessarily the exact same as they are in so the comics that's is all I'll she say. still a metahuman in this yes she is still a metahuman okay. uh, that's all i will say because i don't want to spoil it uh she is very much like someone that seems like she's more like in a poverty area like she lives in an extent of poverty where like she works for black mask and stuff so she's not one that like is too much similar in types of like class standard as the comic book version like comic book version she's on the league she's a hero she uh in the later comics she becomes a rock star because of her voice oh that makes a lot of sense uh, whereas in this one she's very much like she's still a singer but in a very different setting and that's all i'll say for her uh huntress is pretty well done like get, they get a lot of it done where it's like it's the daughter of a crime lord and like crime family uh, they make her, <laughs> she's a very awkward character at times. You'll see why, but just like her personality, they, the way they kind of skew it a bit is pretty funny, but she still retains kind of like the full on, um, I guess direction that the character would normally have in the comics where it makes a lot of sense. I would say out of all of them, besides Harley Quinn, she pretty much is the most spot on to the comics. And then uh, Renee Montoya is, like, more of a cop. She's a, a cop that just kind of gets screwed over a lot. Uh, whereas in the comics, she 
is a detective that works pretty close to like Harvey Bullock, Commissioner Gordon, and eventually becomes the second question, who's a big detective character in the DC universe that actually Rorschach is based off of that character. Uh, so they don't really have that version of her in there, but she's still a police officer that is a really good detective. Uh, just you, you don't get that feeling of Gotham detective as much even though it's in gotham without like the other gotham known characters you're just kind of like it's just a police precinct in gotham it's not the gotham police if that makes sense does that make sense i guess so like i think when you think gotham police you think commissioner gordon you think renee montoya you think harvey bullock you think all these specific characters and like style of like working with batman and stuff right this one just feels like a cop movie precinct in the city of gotham i mean i guess it would make sense that gotham being a big city would have more than one precinct oh yeah no yeah it's, it, it definitely feels like it's a different one it doesn't even feel like it's even close to the main one uh because it's like the highest ranking dude there's like a captain or something but it yeah, it's it's fine and then uh the one that i kind of had my gripes with was cassandra kane because in let's say from her character in the comics to the movie i will put it this way the only thing that transferred over was that it Cassandra Kane is called Cassandra Kane and that she's an Asian girl. Really? Yep. Or Chinese girl specifically. Yes. That is uh, the only thing that really transferred over from the comics is just that went Chinese girl and Cassandra Kane. And uh, that was probably the most disappointing part because in the comics, Cassandra Kane is probably one of the best combative fighters in the dc universe and she is the daughter of like lady shiva eventually uh, later on they reveal her father's like this dude named orphan and cassandra kane like starts off as the second batgirl and she doesn't really she's basically like a deadly assassin practically and she is the only one with like out a mouth portion that's open on her cow so she covers everything and she, whenever she talks it's like a word she doesn't really talk much at all she's very silent and eventually, like, she kind of becomes more vocal a little bit. And, like, Dawn's new persona is, like, Black Bat. In the New 52, they make her a character called Orphan, which wasn't as, like, a New 52 version of her is a downgrade from her pre-Flashpoint. But it's, like, still Cassandra to an extent, I would say. Uh, but the whole thing is, yeah, she's a very highly skilled fighter, who, if you're looking at the team from Birds of Prey, Cassandra Kane could beat all of them easily. Uh, maybe not. The hardest one she'd probably have to defeat is, like, Huntress, but she could beat Black Canary, she could beat Renee Montoya, she could beat Harley Quinn. Uh, whereas in this movie, she's a pickpocket teenage girl that isn't a fighter. So, in terms of comics, it's very disappointing to see that. In terms of it just being a movie where they just do, it's their take. It's the movie's take on these characters. It's different. It's not going to be what you want it to be all the time. That's why I give it a pass because it's there. But as a comic book reader, it is, that's probably the very, it was very disappointing, I would say. Uh, apart from that, I would say you should go see it. It's a really fun time. You'll laugh at certain points. It's entertaining, like I said. Uh, it's one of the more violent uh, 
DC movies easily because I'll just say this. There's a lot of bone breaking. I won't say <laughs> to what extent, but I'll just say there's a lot of bone breaking. And it's uh, with a first of... The, 2020 is a very female heavy year for DC. It's like this movie and then Wonder Woman 1984. And then next year it's like, you know, Batman, uh, Black Adam, and Suicide Squad. But uh, this year it's like all female, which is pretty cool. So that is my kind of spoiler-free depiction of Birds of Prey. Like, the editing is fine, sounds cool. I, it, it just runs well. It doesn't do anything that's special, I would say. It's not, like, something that really stands out. Uh, it's very unique in its own way as a DC movie, where, like, if you look at all of the standalones or, like, small team-ups like this, it, it's its own thing, but you can see how it, as crazy as this movie is, fits into the overall DC universe. Like, you know it's still part of it. You're just like, ah, I'm, yeah, this is the same world, which is kind of funny, but whatever. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I feel about that. All right, guys, time for movie TV news. First off, we got some Batman stuff. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, we also already sent a tweet out about it, but they revealed basically the cowl of the bat suit as well as the chest piece, which I think actually later on pictures now show the full bat suit. Yeah. And it's like a... for This is, of course, for Robert Pattinson's The Batman film coming out next year. It's a very heavily armored bat suit that honestly, it it looks like it takes a lot from uh, specifically the Batman Arkham games. Yeah, that was my first impression, especially yeah, the chest so, piece. Yeah, because it looks very armored, like not like heavy armor, like the uh, BVS. Well, it's like it's. Uh, it looks like it's segmented so that he can like flex his chest, and it doesn't. It's not rigid. It's it'll like stretch with him. Basically. Yeah, and it's not something that's, like, bulky or anything. It's still, like, a fitting piece. And the rumor, what was the rumor? That they, the the bat symbol is actually the gun of Joe Chill. Oh, that'd be interesting. If that if that's true, I would love that. I don't know why he would do that. And then he just basically mel- melted down the gun <laughs> and just remade, replaced it as his uh, symbol, which would be really cool. That is kind of badass. Yeah, but uh, the, some people were saying the cowl looks similar to that, that of the Netflix Daredevil mask. Eh, I, could, I could see that a little bit. It was like, you could see that especially in the lighting. Yeah. When there was like red lighting background, of course people are going to see that. But also like, like, if you really looked at it too, it would then be similar to like the Night Owl uh, uh, yeah, yeah. cowl from Watchmen as well. But it really, it's pretty, honestly, it's, pr- it's a pretty dope outfit. I like it a lot. And I'm excited to see it next year. It's going to be a really fun time. But that's really the news we have for that movie. But I also wanted to talk about Ben Affleck's Batman real fast. So we learned why he stepped away from doing a Batman movie as well as continuing on as Batman. So for those that didn't know, which I completely forgot, Ben Affleck is... Or has always had problems dealing with alcohol. He's had an addiction to alcohol. And apparently, I guess, going through the DC movies, uh, most likely not BVS, but more likely going through Justice League. And the filming and the reshoots and all the, the shit that went on with it most likely did cause him to deal with more drinking issues i I mean i can only imagine how stressful that would have been 
and with someone with alcoholic issues isn't the best thing, of course, which uh, he said uh, in an interview with the New York Times, uh, this is a quote from him, I showed somebody the Batman script. They said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. Which, right then and there, kind of tells you, I guess, the main reason why he didn't do what was probably going to be a pretty fucking awesome Batman movie. And continued his role in the Batsuit, which honestly really sucks. It's like, I, I'm really disappointed that that's what happened and that we'll never get more of Ben Affleck Batman, which really is, just, that just sucks. But more importantly, his health comes first before all of that shit. That said, this man also supports the people with the one true cause that he does want the fucking Snyder Cut released, they better fucking do it. Release Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, cut. he commented on why he sent out that tweet, too, and I can't remember what it was. It was basically just, like, Snyder did, like, a lot of hard work, and that deserves to be, like, acknowledged, or something like yeah. that. And it's, uh, it just, you know... It just it just needs to happen, but it's it's also sad we'll never see like the Snyder Affleck style again in these movies, and it was because it was honestly going in a really cool direction. And I'm not complaining about what we're getting now, but just still having that at least that DNA strand in all these different types. So like still keep these ones the way they are, but still have those ones that fit that tone, fit that style that follow more of so Batman, Justice League, Superman, those characters specifically, because that really worked well, uh, or at least for me, for sure. But I will say that, like, as someone who... Want, like, I like to cosplay sometimes at conventions and stuff. Uh, eventually, I want to do, like, a Nightwing and a Batman one. Which, Nightwing, it's going to be, like, more... Like, that one's a little bit easier, but also, like, it, you just... I don't want to do the armored one. And it's also when I get into a more fit shape. Uh, once I'm at the body type I want and more comfortable with, I would do these outfits. But I, for a long time, always wondered what kind of Batman I would want to cosplay as. And at times I was like, would it be possible to do a live action version of the animated series suit? Uh, would that even work? Or like uh, the maybe Adam West or something. And never. And I always just kind of thought about them or maybe even comic book versions. And overall, I think just to honor what was lost and will never be seen again and more so the thing i loved the most and probably honestly my favorite suit which may not be the most popular opinion for some people uh the one i want to do is the nightmare batman suit from batman v superman which is the desert suit where it has the, the desert trench coat with the uh with like the bat suit underneath and like the goggles and things like that that is the suit i will do when i get to the body that i want to have for that suit and the money, of course, as well. Because it's not going to be a cheap version. It's going to be, like, the good shit. So I'm looking to probably... I'm assuming, like, one to three grand for it. But fuck Damn. it. It's worth it. I don't care. I'll have money by that. <laughs> uh, so that's... You know. That's how I feel about that. But okay. Uh, last two pieces of news. Uh, pretty fast ones. Uh, first off... Some Indiana Jones news, guys. So... Harrison Ford says that uh, we're going to be getting Indiana Jones 5 pretty soon. So, uh, this is from IGN. 
this is during the Call of the Wild. Uh, like, you know, when a movie comes out, the press will usually talk to all the actors and everything. Yeah. And they, they hype up the movie. Which Call of the Wild is like Harrison Ford's like some old dude and there's a dog and a bear or something. It looks really fucking... I'm gonna be honest, it looks really bad. Yeah. But I, I just kind of want to see Harrison Ford. I saw the first trailer like, and it was just like, why is the dog CG? Could they not get, like, a real dog? to do you look dog at stuff the, the, the cg bear looks so you're like you can tell it's cg you, you're like that doesn't look like a real bear yeah it's just funny you can also uh, tell it's not a real dog <laughs> yeah uh so uh what he said was that, so these are some quotes from uh that they will see part of indy's story resolved i guess we'll f- with five and he says well i'm not going to share the story with you because that doesn't seem like a good idea uh, but we'll see new developments in his life, his relationship. We'll see part of his history resolved. Uh, he says the script for the movie is very good. He's looking forward to it, uh, which uh, Jonathan Kasdan, I believe, is the one that's been working on it. And that's the son of Lawrence Kasdan, who did Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, script. And of course, this movie will be directed by Steven Spielberg, which is awesome. And, uh, most likely it sounds like, I'm hoping, we'll see Karen Allen back again as well as Marion Ravenwood. Uh, because, uh, it says, like, uh, new, his developments in his life, his relationship, uh, that most likely we'll see Marion there, especially since they got married as well. Yeah. Uh, the question, James, the big question is, uh, will we get Shia LaBeouf's? Mutt Williams, aka Henry Jones the Fourth, I believe. Didn't didn't Shia LaBeouf retire from acting? I don't know. Just put him in the fucking. I and as much as it's like, ah, oh, do you really want him in the movie? I'm like, fuck it, just let's go all out, baby. Let's do this. Let's fucking go crazy, right? Like, um, I didn't have a problem with Shia LaBeouf in the in that last movie. I thought he was actually kind of funny. Yeah, it was more of just random sequences, like the vine swinging. That has nothing to do with his acting. It's just like that's a weird well, sequence. Like, dude, there's what the one scene that still cracks me up. I mean, granted, uh, I still there's a lot of crystal skull that was it the ants taking people away into the no holes? no no this like one scene that I like with Mutt's character is like when they I believe it's when they're walking into the uh, the tomb to find the crystal skull in the like towards the beginning. And Mutt is like obviously freaking out, like at least. Oh, and he's bit. combing his hair. And he takes out his but comb. It's like his hands he, shaking. He takes his comb out of his pocket, and he's like trying to run his comb through his hair, and his hands are shaking like fucking crazy. And like, it's just so funny that he's like scared out of his mind, and he's still trying to do the greaser like shit. <laughs> it's it's fucking fabulous. That I, I don't care what people say. I still enjoy that movie. It, it's not the best. It's obviously the worst of the four. But it's a it's a fun time. I, I I'll watch that again any day. Uh, the just saying, uh, this will be coming out uh, July 9th, twenty twenty one. So which is perfect for me. It's like right on my birthday, and I'm just like yes, just give it give it to me right then and there. I'll probably see it like the day after my birthday because I'll be like opening night, which works out. Uh, shit, I guess you guys can guess my birthday now. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's probably my Twitter actually. Now I think about it. Fuck it, whatever. So uh i'm excited for that we'll see uh that's they'll be next year next year dude uh so this year most anticipated film easily godzilla versus king kong oh, yeah. next year 
most anticipated movies are the Batman and Indiana Jones 5, easily. Like, those are, these are all the, it's not really in terms of I'm looking for, like, these are the Oscar movies that you're going to watch out for. It's more like, these are the movies I know I'm going to love because I always love these characters and love what they do. Like, actually, that's my trinity of characters, if people don't know, is Godzilla, Batman, and Indiana Jones. Like, these are the three characters I've loved the most growing up. Uh, that have stood through time where it's just kind of stayed constant with me. Yeah, uh, definitely. So I'm I'm excited. Let's, it, that means within a two year span, I get three movies of these people. Like it's fucking f- fucking fabulous. Like thank you to these studios for doing this to me. <laughs> doing this not for you, but to you. <laughs> yeah, doing this to me. Thank you for making. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Do it to me more. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, last last fucking piece of piece of fucking uh news. Uh Uncharted <laughs> Which I just you know it's it's like basically we just talked about Indiana Jones the movie, now we're talking about Indiana Jones the game character. Indiana Jones. Nathan Drake is the Indiana game, Jones of, he is the Indiana Jones of video games. Oh. So it's kind of it's kinda of like it's kind of fate perfect that i have all three of all these I mean, just lined up ready to like ready to go basically the only difference between drake and indiana is that like indiana it, is a he's very paleontologist no oh yeah archaeologist 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 Paleo- he doesn't study dinosaurs yeah not my bad <laughs> main whereas drake is literally just like a treasure hunter yeah and it's also drake is a like indy is fun and and stuff but drake is very much like uh like wise he's like a it's like if nightwing was a treasure hunter he just has wise cracking jokes all the time and is very lighthearted. yeah yeah uh so all right uh tom holland so tom Ho- this is a claim from tom holland which for a movie that i'm pretty sure still doesn't have a director after losing what is it now so is it six or seven i forget a bunch uh all right, so this is uh, because uh, Onward's coming out, so IGN also got a chance to... T- this is also from IGN. IGN got a chance to talk to him, and uh, this is from Tom Holland. If I'm honest, one of my favorite video games ever is the fourth Uncharted game. Unbelievable. And lots of inspiration from the film has come from the game in particular. It was interesting when I sat down with Sony Pictures chairman Tom Rothman, and we were talking about video games, and I was like, oh, I've just finished uncharted and he was like well why don't you play nathan drake <laughs> i remember being like i would do that i would do anything to play nathan drake please that would be amazing <laughs> so yeah we should we start shooting in like four weeks <laughs> 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 so let's and of course so <laughs> don't forget we got marky marcus solely drake why no drake watch out he's a, he's a fucking he's a vampire <laughs> He's a vampire trick. He wants the treasure. I don't know why I, I thought vampires. I think transformer here. But it's just drink. I should drink some Bud Light. Oh god, Boston. dude! I do you know what happens when you mess with people from Texas? I still can't describe to you how fucking hard I laughed in whatever Transformers movie it was that he showed up in, and crashes through a fucking Bud Light truck in a four. spaceship. It just like cracks open a beer on some dude's car and drinks it mid scene. Dude, that's I was why just I, like, that what movie. is happening here? That fucking movie is what stopped me from watching Trans. I didn't watch Transformers Five because of Four. I was like, oh, it's more of this. Fuck oh, you! No, I'm it's not doing. Terrible. I'm not. I'm done. I, it's over. I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. God, that movie was so fucking bad. That, like I said, if people, I, 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 th- I think I, I talked about it on the podcast before. 
I watched Transformers for what was it called? Apo- uh, was it was that one Dark of the Moon or was that a different one? No, this I one don't was, remember. I don't remember. Like, Transformers Four, the one that had China part. It was like in China. It was Dinobots, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it was like assassins Age and of shit Extinction? or something. Yeah, that's yeah. I th- yes, yes, that's probably what it was called. Because I think the fifth one was called Last Night, and I didn't see that one. Because there was like Knights and Nazis, and I just said, I'm not doing this. Hey, check it out. I so, can transform these cubes into a Beats ad. Exactly. So, I watched this. My fr- I had friends that worked in the movie theater. <laughs> I watched this in IMAX for free. For free. And I was like, almost ready to walk out. And I was like, I want my fucking money back. I didn't pay for this, but I want money for watching. I want my money back for watching this. This is so fucking bad. This is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in theaters. You now owe me Easily. time. God, it's so fucking bad. Uh, but, yeah, so, potentially, we're gonna get, uh, Uncharted, not Transformers, Uncharted, in four weeks. Uh, it's supposed to release March 5th, 2021. Wow, <laughs> Third most a, anticipated movie of the year. That'd be a quick turnaround. <laughs> right? They, they um, start in, like, a month, and it's due in, like, a year? So I don't know because I'm looking through uh, if they have or have not chosen a new director yet. So, uh, oh yeah, because it's supposed to be reportedly found at seventh director in uh, Ruben Fletcher, who is the Zombieland Venom director, Uh, which means like he would do this and then he would film Venom 2 afterwards. Uh, Another Sony movie. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much in the same. They usually stay within studio for a lot of shit. Uh if they do this, you know, it's just be the Magnificent Seven directors of Uncharted. Just fucking seven directors. Holy shit. That's crazy. Hopefully it stops at seven. Hopefully it stops at seven. But okay. So that's it. That's all the news we got. We'll see what happens with Uncharted. Uh, let's let's hope it works out because, honestly, the way they keep talking about it, like, besides the fact that they've lost multiple directors over the... And it's been taking years. Like, I, I think I still... I think I was working at the restaurant... In like 2011, 2012, I think it was 2011 they started making this movie, like doing like the pre-production for it, because that's when they first started and they were like, oh yeah, Mark Wahlberg will be Drake, and then they were like, we're not going to do that. It was like when 3 was releasing, it was when 3 was coming out was when they were making this movie, or when they were like trying to do it. So it's been almost 10 years in the making. Yeah, it's been a hell of a long time. Just Just to get it through pre-production, which is hilarious. Uh... So maybe this is finally doing it, and if it's and it's supposed to be a new original story that's like young Drake, I guess in between uh, in between those child flashbacks they've had, and then basically Golden Abyss. If they do it like in that area, it sounds like it it, it should be a a good time with Tom Holland because he usually he does pretty fucking good. So um, if they can get it off the ground, I'm excited. Yeah, for it. Uh, instead of laughing every single year. Yeah. But okay, guys, so that's, uh, that's it for today. Um, we're looking at less than an hour and a half of a podcast this time. i got to edit some stuff off just because we had to do those breaks in between. Um, if you want to leave us some feedback, positive or negative, please uh, email us at Sutra Side Talk. Or if you have any questions that you want answered on the show or anything like that, just as well, send it to that email. We'll read it up on the, pod, the next episode. And then uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at Suture Side Talk. If you want to follow James on Twitter, follow him at InvaderJim124. 
If you want to follow me on Twitter, follow me at GoGoComzilla. And uh, if you can help us out, guys, since we don't do ads and we're free and everything else, we don't get any money for this. In fact, I lose money for this, if you really think about it. Uh, please do whatever it is for whichever platform you're listening to, whether it's follow us, subscribe to us, give us a five-star review, uh, like us, favorite us, whatever it is. We can use all the help we can get in that kind of stuff. And even better, if you can share it with your friends, share it to on Twitter, whatever, all that kind of stuff, that's what really helps us out because uh, we're still trying to grow. We're doing our best. Uh, we're not seeing too much, uh, uh, I guess, like uh, rays and things. And we're going to do our best because I know consistency is what gets people to listen. And we're going to do our best to at least, like I said, we're going to try to go every two weeks minimum uh, just because at least... That's 24 episodes, not including not including specials, out in a year. Uh, but if we can increase that, we'll do our best to. Uh, we'll see what we can do there. Uh, but until then, you guys, have a great time. Thanks for listening. See you next time.